I appreciate my church having church when I wasn't here Sunday night. I went down, an invitation to go preach, kind of sum up the revival. And Brother Richard Cole had said something down there in revival, and I reminded him of several things that he had preached on. And I reminded him that he said, we've come for show and tell. So I went for show and tell Sunday night. And the Lord blessed, and we had a good meeting, and I appreciate God showing up. Titus chapter number 2. Titus chapter number 2. They say it's a minor prophet. I don't think there's no minors or no majors in God's army. He made the book. That's good enough for me. Well, some of them was Baptist, right? Titus. Thank you for the invitation. Chapter 2, verse 1. Speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Would you agree with that? That the aged men be sober. Now listen to what he's saying in this. Grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. Aged women, likewise, that they be in what behavior as becometh holiness. Mm. Not false accusers, not given too much wine. Teachers of good things, that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, Keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Young men likewise, exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works. In doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech, that cannot be condemned, that he that is of, notice what he's saying here, the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. Exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters, and to please them well in all things, not answering again. Does everybody know what that means? No back-talking. Not prolonging, but showing all good fidelity that they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. Brother Dave Kites, that's a blessing.
Yes, Lord. God, hear the cries. Yes, Father. Amen. You may be seated. Look at the 13th verse there, looking for that blessed hope and that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, if you know anything about God tonight, you know He is glorious. Amen. Now, the world's not thinking so much of that right now, for sure. Say amen. Uh, They think that He's a fairy tale. They think that we are morons, little-minded, amen, that we're really dumb for serving a God that we can't see, for obeying rules and regulations that is not humanly possible according to their look on life. You know, our glorious God tonight is able to keep that which we have committed unto Him. Turn with me in the book of Luke, if you will, right quickly, in chapter number 2 and verse number 9. The Bible said, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Amen. His birth was glorious to me. I don't know about you. But notice what the angel said there. Fear not. He didn't bring something on us to make us fear, but he said the beginning of fear is what? Yeah. Means you're getting smarter all the time. Now think about what he said here. He said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. You know something today that our glorious God wants everybody to have great joy, peace of mind. Amen. He wants us to come to church and enjoy the fellowship of the Holy Spirit of God. He wants us to come to church, enjoy the fellowship of each other. And the scripture that I read to us tonight in Titus It tells us some things that we as creatures of Christ ought to be doing naturally. Adorning ourselves modestly. Not given to drunkenness. Hello? But I wanted you to see some other things in there. He wants us to teach the next generation about His glory also. And the best way I know to do that is just like mamas do today and always have done. When they're cooking, they get that baby up to the counter. And they put a pinch of this and a pinch of that, and that baby's watching and learning all the time. Pinch of this, a pinch of that. Stir it this way, pour it this way. Leave it this long, have it this hot. And it don't seem like much, but you're teaching them. And that's the same way God is wanting us to learn, is to be taught Because we are Christians, say amen. Uh, And if we're not teaching anything, we ought to go back to the birth of Jesus Christ. Amen. What a miraculous birth that was. What a glorious baby that was. When the heavens declare His glory, amen, the church ought to declare His glory. 
Amen. Christians ought to declare His glory. Now you think about the heavens uh, having a light shining that out of nowhere all of a sudden a star appears and uh, we have a miraculous birth in a manger, amen, no less. And think about all that was transpiring. Have you ever thought about this? Now let me stretch your imagination a little bit. We heard the story of a man making a boat and the animals. He didn't go out on a roundup. God sent them animals and they went on that boat. Have you ever thought about the animals that was around the manger scene? I know we put the donkey and the lamb and all of those. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about what was going on in that place where Jesus our Lord, our glorious Savior was born? Now think about that. I, every time I see that manger scene... You see the animals laying down. I thought to myself, ever since I saw that, I thought they got more sense and more humans. At least they're laying down before the Lord. Say amen right there. I believe to my soul, it'd do us all good to get down before the Lord once in a while. Exalt Him up because He is glorious. Luke chapter number 9, if you will, in verse number 32. The Bible said, but Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were, notice this, awake, they saw his glory and two men that stood with him. Are you with me? Say amen. And it came to pass as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Whoo! <laughs> You ever felt that way when the God of heaven comes down in your service? Boy, it's good for us to be here. Can you imagine how you felt when the glorious God, our Savior, and listen, I don't know any other way to put it tonight, but two dead soldiers talking with him. How would you put it? Two dead soldiers talking with him. Can you imagine the Shekinah glory of God, the light it was shining? When they woke up and there he was conversing with two that had been dead for a long time and put away and one of them said, hey, 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 we're in a good place. It's good for us to be here. You ever said that about your church? You ever said that about your choir? You ever said that about the preaching hour? Or was it always when you was at the steakhouse? It's good for us to be here. Oh, I tell you tonight, we ought to have joy. Listen, I don't know about your God, but my God is glorious. He's worthy to be praised. How about yours tonight? Now, if you're serving Buddha, ain't no wonder you ain't got no joy. If you're serving Mohammed, ain't no wonder you ain't got no joy. They're still in the grave. Hello, say amen. John chapter number 13. I'm not going to hold you long tonight. I just want to give you some thought the Lord gave me. John chapter number 13. I've had a good day in the Lord. That gentleman, Mr. Brooks, don't know what he did for me today. I've certainly enjoyed talking with him. Amen. John chapter number 13, verse number 31. Are you there? Say amen. Therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, 
and God is glorified in him, and God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Little children, yet a little while I'm with you. Ye shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, notice what he said, Wherever I go, ye cannot come. So now I say unto you a new commandment. I give unto you that ye love, notice this, one another. Anybody got any love in here tonight? As I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Why? He answered it. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one for what? One to another. Aren't you glad that God the Father was glorified in God the Son and God the Son was glorified in the Father even though we're talking about Him going to death? He's being going to be crucified. He's going to be spit on. He's going to be mocked at. He's going to be ridiculed. He's going to be looked down upon. But God the Father and God the Son both are going to get glory out of it. Amen. Isn't it wonderful tonight that he said in his dying days for us to love one another. Now hold on just a minute. I want to tell you something tonight. He's not just talking about you and your four no more. Love one another. You have to like Chris. You have to love him whether you want to or not. You have to. Why? Because God commanded it. Amen. If you want love, what did he say? If you are to have a friend, you must first show yourself friendly. So if you have to have love, guess what? You need to love someone else. We're always wanting a story one-sided, aren't we? We're always wanting to get it, but we ain't wanting to give it. Woo, that'll preach. Say amen, somebody. Don't let me preach up here by myself. Help me out. He said, if God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. Hey, when, they, when you are laid out in a casket, don't you want somebody to say, he or she was godly. He or she was godly. <laughs> I saw Brother Jackie Fender today, and he and I got talking, of course, about Brother Mike. Jackie said, preacher, he said, you know, not because he is my daddy. He said, but if Max Fender didn't make it to heaven, the rest of us ain't got a chance. I said, amen to that. What a, a godly example of a man Max Fender was, not only to this church, but everywhere he went, he was a godly example. Why? Because he loved people. He loved people. It's easy to love somebody that loves you back. But it's harder to love somebody that don't care one thing about you. Woo, that hurt, didn't it? Live with it, you'll have to. John chapter number 17, if you will, verse number 1, the Bible said, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come, glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. Are you with me? As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should, notice this, give eternal life 
to as many as thou hast given him, and this is the life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. He said, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, he said, glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory which I have with thee before the world was. Are you listening tonight? It's hard for me to see how being beat like he was beat glorified anything. But you know, if you listen to the scripture, you'll find out the secret to that. In all that transpired was more than should have been to any man for any sin or any reason. But the Bible said he uttered not a word. Somebody gets our seat and we can't even keep our mouth shut. (laughs) Somebody got our parking place. Somebody got the last biscuit. We can't keep our mouth shut. He got three biscuits. I didn't get none. He eat them all before I got there. Then he got my parking place. He got my seat. And he didn't shake my hand. You ain't had one stripe and you can't keep your mouth shut. You ain't bled one drop, and you can't keep your mouth shut. That's how it glorified God. Through all the world did to him, he uttered not a word. Have you ever noticed that Christians are always talking when they should be silent, and always silent when they should be talking? Hello, somebody. I mean, when they ought to be up praising and, and running aisles and shouting the victory. And before church and during church and after church and during the invitation. How would you feel if I start calling names? I wonder how many will keep their seat. Or get up mad and leave. Don't you do that to me, preacher. Why? If you're talking. If you're running your mouth out of turn, you ought to keep your mouth shut. He said, I'm going to glorify God. God's going to glorify me. Can't you hear the portals of glory said, Look at my son. He's uttered not a word. In his own defense, he uttered not a word. He never once blamed anybody else. Oh, boy, that'd be a good one for a Baptist to hang on to. Why didn't Chris play the song right? It was the choir leader's fault. She had it in the wrong key to start with. We're always going to blame somebody else. That sounds right. I figured you'd say that since you missed that lick. But that was with your own wife. That wasn't for the choir. So it couldn't have been the choir leader's fault. It was her fault. I understand. 
That's that Adam syndrome. We're going to blame something or somebody or somehow or some way. We ain't never going to take responsibility for ourselves. Jesus said, Father, glorify yourself. And in glorifying yourself, it'll glorify me. He could honestly say, I am the Son of God. Why? Because he kept his mouth shut. Y'all going to run me off one day. I'm preaching too hard sometimes. You can't even get a Baptist to keep their mouth shut when they should. They didn't have no dog in that fight, no how, and they still run their mouth. Woo! Preach on, I believe I will. I'm talking about glorifying God tonight. Christians ought to be glorifying God. Everything we do ought to glorify God. It ought to lift up the name of Jesus and praise His name. We should never have to be ashamed to say, I am a Christian. My conduct shows I'm a Christian. My speech shows I'm a Christian. Where I go shows I'm a Christian. What I do shows I'm a Christian. We should never try to make excuses. But saying all of that, let me say this. We've all sinned to come short. Every single one of us. If I give an invitation right there, there shouldn't be a soul left in the seat. We'd all have to come repent. Right? Because we've all sinned to come short of the glory of God. It's just as simple as A, B, C. I have glorified thee, verse 4, on the earth. I finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Can you say that? Woo, that hurts right there, even me. Are you with me? And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thy own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Oh, boy, ain't that a big statement, 1 Corinthians? Give you one second or two to get over there. Chapter number 1, verse number 31. That according as it is written, he had glorith, notice this, glorithly let him glory in the Lord. Come on, dear hunters, I'm going to hurt your feelings. Bass fishermen, golfers, we will brag on everything but God. You killed a spike that they had to take a microscope to see the the horns and you bragged about it. i never forget one of my friends one time come in to Nebo Stop and Shop. Did you get a deer this morning? Yeah, sure did. Boy, he was bragging and boasting. Got that deer. It's time to turn the truck. We was drinking coffee. We all decided to go out there. We took it in and waited. And when you can lay it on a banana scale, it ain't much of a deer to start with. It weighed 18 pounds. It barely was out of spots. Barely. Weighed 18 pounds. And I'm thinking, and he's in there bragging about that? You could have hid it under a hubcap. Time you got the meat off wouldn't have made three sandwiches. The hide on it wouldn't have made my right-handed glove. And he's bragging. 
And you know that fish you caught? Everybody see what I'm doing? Is that big? And you won't brag on Jesus. You won't brag on your church. You won't brag on what your church is doing for God. I ain't even going to go say nothing about bragging on the preacher. Just leave me out of the picture completely. But you ought to brag on some of the messages that come through your church. It don't matter if I delivered or Chris delivered it or hired delivers it or who delivered it. If it come through and God sent it, you ought to brag on them. I mean, Jason Nunley done some preaching here. Richard Cole, Scott Campbell, these boys have done some real preaching in this church. Did you ever brag on them? Boy, Richard done some real preaching down there Thursday and Friday too. Whoo, he did preach. I'm telling you that little fellow preached. Blesses my heart to hear him preach. Yeah, I went down there four nights. I was hungry. I wanted to hear the gospel. Preacher likes being preached too. I like sitting on the front row where I can just holler amen and sling all the snot and slobber I want to and it ain't nobody's business but mine. Amen. I enjoy that. When's the last time you bragged on anything of God's? I'm sharpening the pencil. You're going to get hung here in a second. When's the last time you bragged on God saving you? That's what you ought to really be bragging on. You ought to be telling everybody you meet how God saved your sorry hide. You ought to be wringing it from the righteous. Why? Hey, he's worth glorifying. God is worth glorifying through Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. And that's what it's all about tonight is glorifying Him. It ain't about bragging on me or the church. It's about lifting up Jesus that He might draw all nigh to Himself. I like telling people how God saved me. Brother Glenn got me on an airplane about halfway between here and Jamaica. He knows if he got me to telling how God saved me, I'd get excited. And he does it for meanness. He said, tell me one more time, cowboy, how God saved you. Well, first thing you know, there ain't nobody in ten seats next to us because I'm up a shouting how God saved me. Crying, slinging snot. And ain't nobody on the plane won't sit next to that. Glenn sickened me on. The rest of the crew sickened me on. It was with us. Yeah, you ought to get excited about how God saved you. Amen. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Not that bass you caught. By the way, has anybody ever figured out? I figured this out a long time ago. You take and catch a great old big bass. You freeze it and you take it to the guy. He mounts it. He eats your fish. And you paid him to eat it. I mean, has anybody ever figured that out but me? I'm going to eat my fish. Hello? I hear you, brother. I don't mind you helping me. I ain't paying you to eat it. They go, that's so much an inch. And the bigger it is, the more it costs. And that guy has a fish fry for all his friends at your expense. And you're bragging on, you caught it. 
I, I'm, I'm not the brightest bulb in the box, but somehow or another that just don't fit my program. I mean, if I made the effort to go get it, I'm going to make the effort to eat it. Hello? I want to brag on how good it tasted, not how big it was. <laughs> Galatians, stay with me. Chapter number 6, verse number 14. The Bible said, but God forbid that I should glory. Stay with me now. Save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Do you understand what I just read in your hearing? Nothing trumps God. Hello? Nothing. Nothing trumps God. If you do more bragging on your car, that must be your God. If you do more bragging on your ball team on television, must be your God. How many seen the post this week where there's all frozen the snow? Anybody see that post this week? Yeah. You know, in days past, that was absolutely true. I've seen them in a blizzard, son. And I've often thought about this, and you can slap me out of church if you want to, but it'll be hard. They paid $150, a seat or more and go out there and sit in a blizzard and never complain one ounce. Rainstorm, never complain one ounce. Ten, twelve dollars for a hot dog. Five or six dollars for a Coca-Cola. And your church has a <laughs> pig picking and you want to fuss at a dollar hot dog. That's too high. Ah. Right in here tonight, some's cold, some's hot. I can't help it. You was born that way. I was. I'm hot. Anyway, there wasn't nobody got up and left the ball game because it was snowing. There wasn't nobody got up next Sunday morning and said, Preacher, it's cold at the ball game. It was two inches of snow on me. Nobody says them things. They come in and say, Hey, my team won! My team won! Their fingers are black where they got frostbit. Right? Am I telling the truth? God help me tonight. I'm just trying to get down to where we live. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Hey, you wasn't born saved. And as many as walk according to this, what? Rule. Peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. For from henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Is your spirit glorified God? If your spirit glorifies God, your body will. But you can glorify God in the body and not the spirit. You ever thought of that? 
basically. Your body's sitting here. That glorifies God. But your spirit ain't here. How many do we know comes to church and they just ain't got no heart in it? They sit on a pew. They go through the motions. But they ain't got no heart in it. They leave the same way they come. It doesn't matter if, if the whole congregation was running laps, shouting victory. They leave the same way they came. And they go out in the world and never mention nothing. Never say, wow, somebody got saved. Wow, we baptized 15 or 16. Wow, they really got excited at church this morning and was praising God and worshiping the Lord and we had a glory. Never ever say anything like that. Isn't that sad? That they come to church and never glorify God. Turn back to Titus, if you will. Chapter number 2. Let me read verse number 13 one more time. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God in our Savior, Jesus Christ. When you come to church, do you look for His appearing? God quiet. Do you really look for God to show up in your church service? Can I close on this note and not hurt nobody's feelings? Maybe the reason God didn't show up is because He wanted to show up in you and you wouldn't let Him. You wouldn't make yourself available. Chris and I and Kristen was talking the other night and there's going to be a day soon that they're both going to shout. I hope Chris has slain the Spirit. I told him that the other night. I said, I want to see the big boy fall like a pine. Bam! Hey, God won't let you get hurt. <laughs> that sister Trendy Hill running in that wall, it sounded like a shotgun went off when her head hit that wall. And I thought, Lord God, she's busted her brains out. Never even put a mark on her. She stood there and run place five minutes shouting it out. I thought she was going to move the wall. Sister Mary Gillum, I mean, son, when she took off, she ran in that wall and said, BAM! I thought, she's killed herself. And she ran there five minutes, turned around with a mark on her nowhere and took off again. If it's in God, you ought to glorify it, praise it, because He's worthy to be praised and glorified. God the Father said he is going to glorify the Son and the Son was going to glorify him. Are you not the sons and daughters of God? So we ought to be glorifying the Lord. Everything we do ought to glorify God. This upcoming, (laughs) Denny has got patience I don't have because I directed a play or two and I wanted to kill them all. The thing of it is, we're doing it to glorify God. There might be a mess up in it. There ain't nobody going to know but you. Because they ain't got no pamphlet that says this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Just shout to victory and go on. Right? I mean, if you get right in the middle of a song and can't remember the rest of it, shout! Amen? God had a reason for you not to remember. 
Maybe he just wants you to stop and praise him a while. Maybe he wants us as a, a body of believers to praise him more. Now, the last thing I want to say tonight, that brother said, because it feels good don't mean it's right. Well, let's reverse that. Because you ain't feeling good, don't give you an excuse not to praise him. It don't give us an excuse. We're all going to hurt. We're all going to have aches and pains and different things at different times from the youngest to the oldest. But we ought to praise God because our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Did they go exactly the way I wanted? No, it didn't. Yesterday didn't. Day before didn't. Last week didn't. Tomorrow probably won't. But I'm going to praise Him anyhow. Does the church service always go the way you want, preacher? Are you kidding me? How long has it been since we had a soul saved? I'm looking for one saved every week. So no, it didn't go according to plan. Is that going to stop me from praising Him? No, I'm going to praise Him anyhow. And if you can't join in, that's your tough love. Everybody stand tonight. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. If you got a need, bring it to the altar, please. Glorify God by bringing it to the altar and say, God, I've come because I know you will meet me there. And we have a great need tonight for lost souls. I really want to encourage the church tonight to pray for my youngest one. He needs to get God back in his life where he's supposed to be. And if you ain't got nobody to pray for, pray for him. His name's Jason. If you don't feel like praying for Jason, pray for Dennis Hensley. He needs your prayers. Father, I thank you for the privilege to stand here tonight and proclaim the glorious name of Jesus Christ, my Lord. What a blessing it is, Lord, to know that He is my Savior. He's my example. He's my soon-coming King. Father, that He has made a way when there was no way. God, that He is able to keep that which I've committed. And David said it earlier, Lord, help us with our commitment to Him. So, Father, You bless us here tonight. Strengthen us, God. Lord, we want to praise you. We want to glorify your name. We want to be able to say through the trials and tribulations, glory to the name of Jesus. Father, we've all had them. We'll face them again. But Lord, help us to face them with Christ Jesus on our side. Father, would you bless our sister churches tonight. Brother Doug McPeters is on my heart tonight. God, I know he's been having some health troubles. I pray for my brother, Brother Glenn Griffith. God, I, I pray for him. Brother Danny Cook, God, I pray for that man. He fell and God hurt himself again. So, Father, you touch him. You heal him, I pray, God. For the glorious name of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, let it be so. For we've asked it for his glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.